Welcome, everybody, to the Restless Ravens Fans Podcast. I'm Liam from Liam Hartner 4H. And I'm Jake Vanderson from Pro Trappers. And today we've got a special episode of the Restless Ravens Fans Podcast where it is snowing outside. So I'm going to start on in the beginning of the podcast doing weather, um, giving you guys the weather for the next couple of days in our area, in Woodbine, Mount Airy area. To start with Mount Airy, uh, we've got temperatures right now in the 40s, 43, and reaching 45 at uh, 5 o'clock. You won't see the temperature get above 30 degrees or get above 35 until about, you know, uh, early tomorrow morning. So I'd watch out for those cold temperatures that are really going to, to shock our area and bring leeway for some of the snow that I just kind of am seeing flurries now. There was a big heavy snow for about a couple of seconds there. Um, where, you know, we're, we're going to see that, uh, over the next hour looking at tonight, we're going to be clear and, uh, and you know, the moon's going to be able to shine out, no clouds in the sky tonight. Now there's going to be some problems over the next couple of days with it being colder. Saturday, uh, Friday is going to be 45, Saturday, f- uh, 54, Sunday is Easter, 64 degrees, Monday is 84 and Tuesday is 68. So, um, not until, until your, your Monday, Tuesday area, you're not really going to see those good, those, you know, high temperatures. So I kind of watch out for, um, uh, those, those, high, uh, cold temperatures, um, and start breaking out the heavy jackets again. Um, it's going to be cold in your mountain area area. Now moving to Woodbine for your, for your second weather, it's going to be doing the same kind of thing in terms of temperature, um, and, uh, not getting above 30 and getting two degrees warmer at two in the morning, starting at 32 degrees instead of 30 that mountain area is experiencing same kind of deal. Friday, 45, Saturday, 54 and Sunday, 64. That was your restless Ravens fans podcast weather. Now on to the show, start Starting with our Twitter segment with your with your Twitter host Jake. Okay, guys. So um, here we go. Here um, here is the Wrestlefriend Fest Twitter. If you want to come follow us at at it's um at uh, RRF Podcast Eleven. Um, we tweet over there all about the Ravens, and um, we did a poll today. Um, if you guys want to talk a little bit about basketball, which we will be doing later, um, we tweet all about polls and uh what we're doing and um, when our scheduling is gonna happen. Um, so yeah, if you want to go check us out over there, it's at RRF Podcast Eleven. You can see it right there on the screen as Liam just pulled it up there. Um, at RRF Podcast Eleven. Make sure you go follow that. We also have um my Twitter page. If you want to come follow me, then you can also come over to my Twitter page, which is which is guys um coming up here. Um, my my Twitter page where I post um. Pretty daily on there. It's um at Jake. Here we go at Jacob from RRF. If you want to come follow me, um I post I post pretty daily on there. So um make sure you come follow me. But most of the time, I want you guys to go over to the Restless Ravens fans because that's where we usually are. Um a couple times I retweet what we uh like if you guys follow me and you're not following Restless Ravens fans, I t- or retweet what we post on um Restless Ravens fans in the fourth quarter. Make sure you go check out the fourth quarter, which that is gonna bring us into our next. Uh, Twitter, the fourth quarter, RRF. You got to go check that out. Um, there, this is our new Twitter page. You guys got to go check it out. Where the new, the new uh, show will be starting next week. Hopefully, you guys enjoy that one. And our final Twitter page is Liam's Twitter page, which will pull up in a minute here. Here it is at Hardner underscore Liam. If you want to go check out him, 
go do it. And that is going to wrap us up for our Twitter segment. So go follow all four of those if possible. Um, and stay tuned for all the latest content. There's Liam's talks about pigs over there and uh, Ravens. So hopefully you guys um, like their Twitter. Those are all of ours. Liam's um, flick, flickering through all those and um, just showing them all, showcasing them. And that's going to it for our Twitter segment. Let's get Liam. I was muted. Sorry. Um, and, you know, that's pretty much it for our Twitter segment. We've been posting a little bit. And uh, Peter from the Fourth Quarter Podcast has been posting a ton on the on his uh, segment, uh, you know, over on the Fourth Quarter Podcast Twitter, at 4THQTRRRF. Go follow them. And if you don't want to type that out, go over to the Russell Stravens Fans Podcast at RRF Podcast 11. You can see everything that we post Um pretty much daily jacob's on there and uh posting and, and talking with you guys so that's going to wrap it up for our twitter segment and uh as you can see on the bottom of the screen right here on the ticker on the uh, scroll bar down there you can see we're going to be talking about ncaa basketball me and jacob have been uh you know we were taking notes over the the past couple of weeks talking to you guys about um uh a bunch of different things that that uh you know we we were planning to talk to you guys about the bunch of different things uh all things tournament and we're gonna start be we're gonna start doing this we don't have a full name for the segment yet um and uh I'm, let us know gonna, on twitter let us know gonna twitter. wait yeah let us know on twitter uh what you want a segment to be called because we'll call it basically anything well maybe we just want you guys we, to we be should incorporated. do this yeah we should do this we should make up we should get about five names or something and then we should make a poll and then people vote which yeah. one they like yeah, we can do so like we're that. gonna do we're gonna work on that over the next week, guys. So we'll get we'll have that pull out to you guys about probably some next week sometimes. So you'll be able to go follow uh, again at RRF Podcast Eleven so you can get access to our daily polls. I want to start uh, at the end of the show making a daily poll for you guys on the podcast. So you guys can uh, give us thoughts on what we how how we're doing and what you want us to incorporate in the next week's show. All right, so let's go into NCAA. I want to call it purple, um, purple, purple madness. I think, but we'll Man, we'll, we'll call it something. Well, let's let's head, into, let's head into our, our March Madness tournament talk here on the Restless Ravens Fans uh, Podcast. Okay, so uh, let's head into the podcast here. I want to switch over to my headphones, so I'll figure that out here in a minute to kind of like a kind of like a sports sports announcer. But I'll let Jacob talk about Oregon versus Houston because that was the game that he watched and took notes on. So I'll let Jacob get over to that. He he did a really good job taking these notes. Yeah, guys, this was the game I was focusing on because this is the game that um I I watched the whole game on this game. Um, Houston. Um, one of the facts is Houston allows under 60, 60 per game, so that was pretty uh pretty pretty tight, and they're um trying to play some good defense in this game. Houston taking the lead early versus the versus the Oregon offense was missing all of their shots. So um yeah, it was not going good for um Oregon starting out. Um Oregon. Couldn't stop the Houston, Houston, uh, Houston. They, um, Oregon kept turning over the ball and Houston kept scoring. And whenever they turned it over, um, at the half, Houston was leading. The score was 34 17 at the half. Again, Houston was leading at 34. Um, Oregon, okay, Oregon was down by 12, so they started to make a little bit of a comeback. Um, but it wasn't a major comeback, so yeah, they, they got at least down by like 12. So that was helping out a little bit, and then Houston, he, um, Oregon got down by ten with eight minutes left on the clock, and then Oregon only got down by four, and then they eventually I think they tied the game. 
Um, and then with 117, Oregon was still down by four and was looking over because they got some foul shots in there. And it looked like the final was Houston 67-61, sadly. I was I was hoping for Oregon there at the end. I was excited. Um, but I, I wasn't expecting um I was expecting to uh be like that close close uh, at the end, but um yeah, they almost caught up because they dude, um wow. Um Houston was up by like 20 at half, so like we were like, oh, this is over. Yeah, this is not gonna happen. Um, yeah, and they and they always made the comeback. So yeah, congratulations to Oregon for giving some good effort there at the end. Um, I think Liam might have watched a different game if he wants to talk about that game coming back in here. Liam, you're on mute. Excuse me. I'm, I'm trying yeah. to get the microphone in there, but I I, I did watch another game. Um, and I, I tried to I tried to take a few notes on it. Um, and I'm going to try and see if I can't remember anything from, from these games. Um, let me see what there was. It was Monday, uh, Oregon State versus Houston. Me and Jacob watched that one. Arkansas and Baylor was the next game. We didn't really, uh, talk a whole lot about that one, uh, because, of course, it was, uh, a late game starting at around 10 o'clock, so that was crazy. Um, USC and Gonzaga, that was a crazy game, and... And Gonzaga was doing really well. And that was a game I actually listened to on 105.7 The Fan. You guys can definitely check it out. The fourth quarter, or the, the first quarter, I'm sorry, was awesome. Um, and, and we were uh, spending a good good amount of time uh, shooting. And uh, Gonzaga was already up 17-4 to at the end of the first quarter. And it was crazy um, seeing a lot of shots out of Gonzaga in, in, in the early stages. Um, you know, we, cli- we climbed up points fast. It was four to seventeen, then eight to twenty-one, then eight to twenty-three, ten to twenty-five, twelve to twenty-seven. It was just all over the place um, with Gonzaga just shooting. USC kind of made a comeback in the early stages of the of the first half, and you know, really w- looking at at a at a big comeback, twenty to thirty-six. Then we kind of saw them creep up again, twenty-three to thirty-nine. Gonzaga was still winning, shooting a whole bunch of threes. Um, they're really. They're really high percentage three three shooters, and I think you know they have a lot of power from the outside. Um, USC really didn't climb the climb the points that high because of the fact you know they're they're more of a an inside shots. They're more of the the dunk kind of the dunker layup kind of team that'll that'll shoot from the inside. I'm not saying Gonzaga doesn't do that. They just have they just don't um, you know generate their the majority of their points from inside the line. So um I Gonzaga Gonzaga was a played really good and USC I I think um could have done better if they would have taken more threes. Um at the th- at the start of the second half 34 to 54 um and it was it was Gonzaga's ball so you know they they started off with the ball in the second half and just came in with a monster dunk uh to start the second half. Um, and, and Gonzaga was obviously just climbing and just dunking all over the all over the, uh, the USC, and that was that was just so fun to watch. Uh, I was really excited when that started to happen. Um, I actually had Gonzaga going this far in my bracket. Uh, moving, you know, in the the midway through the um, the second half, forty-one to sixty-two Gonzaga, and this is where the game just got crazy. USC was flying 
flying all over the place, stealing the ball, shooting it all over the place. It was it was just a crazy game in that second half because it was going all over the place. You couldn't tell who was going to win the game by that second half. You know, if if that was the first half, you would be just confused um, about who you wanted to win the game. But Gonzaga was pretty consistent, three shooting all the way through. So I think that that that's how they won the game is from the outside the the paint uh, and, and really just shooting shooting the threes um, and using that to their power. Not and you know. They really were consistent from from inside the paint as well, and they were really really good from that area. But where they won is by shooting those threes consistently every single you know every single time that they got out there and they had the opportunity to shoot, they did. And I think it was a great game, and that's where Gonzaga won is their three point shooting. USC. Really hasn't generated all season from outside the numbers or outside the the uh, the, the three point range, and I I really don't don't think that they I didn't think that they were going to win the game because of that. Gonzaga's just been consistent throughout the season shooting from three, and that's that's what they do well. Um, there was a second game uh, that night as well that I listened to a little bit: Florida State versus Michigan, and that was a fun game uh, to watch to start the game. Uh, in the in the early stages of of the of the first half, they were they were doing well, and it it didn't seem like it it didn't seem like Michigan was going to win. I mean, they were playing consistent both teams, two to two, uh, with eighteen fifty nine left to play in the game. So early on, they were consistent and they were playing close together. Michigan took the early lead with fifteen minutes left to play, four to seven, and you know they were just dunking all over all over Florida State. Um, you know, Michigan was just consistently shooting the ball and they were going from inside the numbers, but where it got close is about 13 minutes left to play. It was eight to nine again. So Michigan really came back and started playing like them or Florida state started playing like themselves 10 to 19 with nine minutes left to play with a monster Michigan dunk. And that was just crazy. I really, I really liked that play and Michigan was just dunking all over Florida state. 14 to 21 with eight minutes left to play, climbing the point numbers all over the place. And Michigan just keeps shooting the ball consistently. 14 to 27, and this was just where it got crazy. Michigan just took the lead and stuck with it, dunked the ball all over Florida State and just really rocked it with about five minutes left to play. They were just rocking it. 21 to 34 with Michigan shooting from inside the numbers and taking an easy layup to start the second half. What a crazy, crazy, um, lead by Michigan all the way through. Florida State uh, goes inside the numbers and takes an early shot with 16 uh, minutes left to play to get their lead to 29-38. Michigan seems scared, but they, oh, they should be 33-41 with 15 minutes left to play. Florida State extends that lead or it, it climbs, climbs the point value and tries to get it from three and makes it. Okay, they shoot another three, 14 minutes left to play. This is where they started to, to ramp things up with 15 minutes left to play in the second half. They're really ramping things up here. 43-36 with a Michigan dunk right there with 14 minutes left to play. What what a shot. What a shot there. Florida, Florida State really tried to get those threes in early, and Michigan just really consistently went for those layups over and over again. And that's what you got to do. If you can get those layups, you need to keep doing it. You can get the layups, you can get the dunks, do it over and over again because that's what you do well. 62-43 with six minutes left to play and with a Michigan dunk right over Florida State. Dunked right on him. What a play right there. 51-72 with two minutes left to play in the game. Florida State 
Oh, blocks the shot. Michigan goes right back up for the jumper. Easy jumper right there by uh, Michigan State. Okay, Michigan State's at the at the half point line with three seconds left to play, and they get an easy win with 76-58. Florida State really tried to come back in this one. It was it was a it was a close game all the way through, starting from the start. You know, it was two two um to start the to start the game off. So I it was a close game all the way through, and Florida State really just tried at those threes. And you know, I can't fault them for that, but I think it's it's not a matter of shooting the threes. Um, Unless you can do that every time you get down to uh to your to the to the basket, I mean, if you can, then do, by all means do it. But if you can't and you you need to shoot uh, from inside the paint in order to generate your your points, do it. I mean, that's what you got to do. You got to shoot from where you will gain the most points. And I don't think Florida State did that the the most effectively. But they man, were they shooting threes, pretty threes. Uh, but Michigan State outplayed them and just gain the most points all the way throughout that was that was the elite eight game sorry if i just talked your ears off did i do a good job explaining jake because i i don't yeah. even know what i said <laughs> yeah you you were going you were going for a while there um yeah, yeah. i think they covered it pretty good i didn't watch um I, I only watched that one game um for basketball because i i don't i don't get those um other games some of the games i get some of the games i don't get it just depends what day it is um but yeah um yeah yeah i think you did okay. a pretty good job that's probably going to move us into our next segment because that was a pretty long segment there. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I, I want to talk about the Orioles and their kind of opening day. It got postponed to tomorrow, which is kind of sad because I was hoping the Orioles would play today. Well, uh, I was happy. Tomorrow, I was happy. To to we, we might be able to watch it tomorrow then because we don't have school. You're you're right. I, I'm 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 excited. Excited because I've been listening to to, uh, to uh, Inside Access on one five seven. The fan they've been talking a lot about the Orioles opening day leading up. They were they were going to have a packed day full of Orioles today, but that's going to be tomorrow, and I can listen all day tomorrow, which is good. And I want to read an article from Joe Treza of, of M, uh, MLB.com and kind of what he but let's head to the intro of the Orioles opening day kind of we'll, we'll name it we'll, we'll name it the uh the purple birds right here the 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 the, the pur- purple baseball or something we'll put the name in there something i be honest I think they have a good in their opening year. I'm not really a baseball guy so uh, Jacob is um, he's, a, he's kind of well versed in, in in baseball, but um, they they really and, and from what I saw, they transformed their roster a lot. Um, they went from you know they they just switched it around and and, and spring training they really tried out a whole bunch of different. Hey, Liam, you lag you lagging up a little um, bit there. But she's trying to try to turn her mic. Uh, Try to turn your mic on and turn it back off. There's in your lineup. You're lagging up a little bit. We're gonna get there. We go. He's gonna fix this here. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'll just shut out my tab. I think it's 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 gonna be um, it's gonna be a good opening day, and they've got two catchers, Pedro Savarino, which is obviously he's a great catcher. And I think he'll do a lot for us. Um, and you know they've got their their other catcher. That's that's going to be a good backup catcher. But I think 
they still need a, a backup. Uh, Chan Cisco um, is their other catcher. I think they still need another backup catcher, to be honest, because um, they, they've got two catchers, Pedro Savarino and, and uh, Chan Cisco, that I really think will, will start the majority of the games. But I think they need a, a strong uh, backup catcher. Um, to, to really do things and um, and and to come in when 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 these two guys aren't really really playing well. Let me share my screen so you guys can see and so Jacob can see uh, so we can talk a little bit about um, these first base guys. Now there's a description. Jacob hasn't really been following the Orioles. I haven't really either. So you can kind of kind of go over that description if if you want, Jake. Yeah, um, I I haven't been paying attention to the Orioles too much. Um, where's the is it? You want me to read the this thing right here? Yeah, the description. Okay. The grace of the of Anthony Santan Anthony Santander in in right field has the Orioles planning on on slotting Marner Mar- Mancini. 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 Um, back in back in his uh, natural position of first base. More regularly th- this season, this season his man. This this is small for me. There we go. Right, let me better. zoom in a little bit so you see. Yeah, well, my screen's like really small. Okay. Um, his first uh, since missing all of 2020, recovering from stage three colon cancer. So Trey Mancini had colon cancer, um, and I'm glad he's back because he's a really strong for uh, first baseman um, and really, really does a lot for the Orioles. Uh, so he beat colon cancer, and he's back. He was actually on the Today Show, so Baltimore was on the Today Show. Um, but Chris Davis remains rooted to the roster by virtue of his contract, which runs through uh, 2022. But will he begin the year on the 60-day injured list, nursing a lower back strain? Ryan Mountcastle, uh, Michael Franco, and Pat Volkea could also see time at first base when Mancini serves as DH. I, I think that that's totally true. Um, you know, Mancini, I didn't, I I saw him play a little bit of DH at. Um, in, in spring training, um, I don't know that they're really going to start him there. I don't know that he's as reliable as he is in his first base position. But there's no doubt in my mind that that um, Pat Volkeka could play at first base. He's a really good first baseman. I really like him. And, and uh, Mr. Ryan Mountcastle could do the same. I think that they're two good players uh, that are really going to do some things. Pat Volkeka at second base, um, they can kind of switch uh, Pat Volkega can, can kind of switch from first and second base. They only have one, and all spring the second base job looked looked destined for Yomer Sanchez. I think I really think he played well all all spring. The 2019 American League Gold Glove Award winner at the position, but the Orioles uh, designated Sanchez for assignment during the final week of camp to clear space for pitching depth. So I don't. I really wish um, Yomer Sanchez played at second base uh, because I really liked him all season, and we all thought that he was going to play uh, at that second base position. Um, and you know, I just thought that he played the most natural there at second base. But Pat Volkake is also a good option, so I don't know that you could go wrong either way. Volkake probably starts his most nights until a more permanent replacement is found after hitting a point two. 277 with eight homers and 52 uh and 52 games in 20 so based on that information jake do you i i don't i haven't really been watching the orioles but with eight homers in in 52 games is that a con- consistent enough generation of home runs to uh to be a good player you think 
Like, I, you know me. I don't pay attention to baseball, and I have no idea, like, how many is, like, consistent in that many number of games. But I, I know that home runs are good, and I know that um eight is yeah. a lot. Um, And he, and you said he got that in six, 60 games. And 52. 52. And, wait, is he is he on the Orioles? Yeah, he's on the Orioles. Okay. Oh, and he could get a starting position. Yeah, and what they're what uh, basically what they're saying here in, in this article is um, that he probably starts the most nights until a more permanent replacement because um, they're they're saying that he's a good batter and they want him in the they want him to play and they they want him to play for the Orioles after hitting that point uh, two two seven with batting average and hitting eight homers in fifty two games. Um, so I that's that's basically what they're saying. Okay, yeah, I I think that sounds good enough. Now, if I'm wrong, uh, but don't blame don't blame me because I don't know a lot about baseball. But that's not, yeah, I guess I guess it sounds good. All right, yeah, I think I think it does too. Um, now at third base we have uh, Michael Franco and Rio Ruiz. I really like Rio Ruiz, and I think he's a he's a really good player. I I've been watching him and monitoring him all spring. So, uh, signed a one year deal, eight. Uh, a $800,000 deal with uh, 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 incentives on March 16th. Franco likely pushes Ruiz out of a starting job. A former top prospect with the Phillies, Franco is uh, still just a 20, um, still just 28 and hit po- uh, .278 with eight homers and a .778 OPS in 60 games last season for the Royals. Ruiz was inconsistent, starting basically every day at the hot corner over the past two seasons, hitting .229 with 21 homers and a .692 OPS over the span. He'll head north uh, as the lone left-handed option at Hyde's three-man bench. I don't know what I'm talking about, so if that means that Michael Franco should start over Rio Ruiz, I think that that's a good option. Um, But I don't know baseball, and I'm going to work hard to get to get there, but Rio Ruiz, he sounded like a good option. And I wish he would have started. Um, Michael Franco, he's a good option, but I don't know at this stage right now. Rio Ruiz is ready based on those stats to be in um, that starting position. Uh, uh, you know, uh, right now, Freddie Galvis, he's a great, great shortstop, and I'm glad he got the start. He's our only shortstop, but we could have found somebody off the, the, the free agency. A durable nine year veteran, Galvis signed one year, $1.5 million deal in January to replace Jose Iglesias as the O's everyday shortstop. Bearing injury, that's what he'll be. And, um, Jose Iglesias was a great, um, great shortstop, but I just think he wasn't reliable enough in terms of staying healthy, kind of like Sammy Watkins. He was a great player, but if he stayed healthy, he would be on the starting roster every single day. But Freddie Galvis is another good guy that can stay healthy and still play well. So I think he's a no-brainer uh, to start at shortstop. In outfield, Ryan Mountcastle, Cedric Mullins, Anthony Santander, and Austin Hayes are all strong guys to be in that position. They all had great consistent catches last year and all had a few outs um, during the uh the spring training. So I think they're all great starts. Uh, sorry, voice cracked there. I think they're all great starts and uh, definitely a good good opening day roster for the Orioles uh, to start with. Um, and definitely something that that I that I uh, like about that like about what's going on is is definitely that starting roster. But sorry to confuse you guys. I'm really not a baseball guy yet, but I'll work hard to get to it so we can talk about those sports. Let's, and uh, yeah, purple for agency so, here. Yeah, let's talk and get into our Purple Free Agency segment uh, where we're going to talk about Sammy Watkins. Is he a good player? 
Are the Ravens going to, you know, get their money's worth? And we're going to talk about that money in our new segment, Purple, yep. Purple, um, ah, oh, man, what did I call it? Um, I said, uh, make it rain. That's what it's called. Make it rain. Where we're going to talk about over the course of the offseason, if the Ravens are going to get their money's worth for these certain players that they sign. In our Purple Free Agency segment, though, we're going to talk about, do the Ravens need to sign anybody before the draft? Are they going to? And do they need to? And same for after the draft. Are they going to? And do they need to? Let's head into Purple Free Agency. All right, everybody. Um, now, Jake, I want to ask you a few questions. Excuse me, to start. We'll kind of get into Sammy Watkins in our Make It Rain segment, but... In your opinion, do you think the Ravens are going to get their their money's worth? Because I kn- I know this was a cheaper deal than Sammy Watkins would have would have taken if the Colts didn't sign T. Y. Hilton. He would have gone for the Colts, and the Colts would have signed him for big money if he would have gone with the Colts. So, do you think the Ravens are going to get their money's worth out of this this wide receiver? Yeah, like they already signed him on a one one year five million dollar uh, deal. Uh, they already signed him for like such a. Um, short deal but um it was a one-year deal and if sammy plays good or if he plays bad that's that's what i like about this deal is that even if he plays bad and he doesn't do so good that's only five million that's only so much down the drain that the ravens didn't waste on him because if you exactly. really think about it the ravens could have went for a home run and just went okay we're gonna offer you a free year free year deal for like for 15 million so he gets 5 million each year imagine if the ravens did that and then he plays bad that's why i like this one year sign and not this like five three or four year sign um so i'm happy that the ravens just go for like the home run and just uh sign sign him a big contract now um they're gonna i want i like how i like how they're gonna make make sure he see make sure he sees if he gets good and be and if he's good yep i think they're gonna sign him um i think he's gonna get it get some money i think he's gonna ask for some money because he's he's only he's the only thing that the ravens got so yeah he's definitely because he he got yeah i i think that sammy watkins is a is a great option and you know really i think that he's going to he got a great ravens got a great deal on, on this one now, and, and you know, Raven signed him for a one year for five million, and you know, I think they would have gone up to as uh, as high as eight million dollars if Sammy Watkins would have proposed it. But I think they got a great deal with eight million to kind of try him out. He's kind of on a trial basis to see five million. Yeah, he plays this year, and it, and yeah, and if he plays well this year, then they'll they'll sign him for more next year because you know he's going to be asking for more money next year if if he comes back to the Ravens. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so so uh, that, that, that's the first question. You got any other questions? Um, and one more question for you, Jake, before we head into this clip from Undisputed. I want to talk a little bit about uh, Sammy Watkins and his speed. Do you think, in your best opinion, he covers Willie Sneed in the speed department and he has better hands than Willie Sneed, excluding his injury and just his overall talent do you think he has more talent than willie sneed oh totally i i don't even know why you would mention willie sneed in this uh whole thing i would compare him to marquis hollywood brown and just compare the two because willie sneed willie sneed's not that great of a player but if you wanted to compare the two yeah i would say Watkins plays better than willie sneed, exactly even I without agree. the injury but i would be c- comparing him to somebody else like like Deion Kane or some somebody who has some nice speeders, uh, Marquise Brown. 
like Willie Sneed, he's he's just never been the great player. So um Exactly. Yeah. So I I wouldn't compare him to Willie Sneed, but if you wanted to compare him to Willie Sneed, I like uh Sammy Watkins uh play a lot better than Willie Sneed. I I never liked Willie Sneed in my opinion. I really liked Willie Sneed. I think he was a really good wide receiver. And I understand that, you know, people didn't didn't think he had the best hands. He didn't have the best speed. But well, I maybe, think he was really maybe, good on those ten yard routes. Or maybe he was maybe he just, maybe he just wasn't a good fit in Baltimore. I agree. I, I think I, I think maybe when he moves on the to uh Vegas. uh the Raiders, I think he'll play better. Yeah. All right, Jake, hold on. I'll cut this part out, but I want to play this clip from uh, this, whatever it's called. Um, Undisputed. Yeah, it's a show. Uh, it's a TV show about, you know, the uh, NFL. And they talked about the Ravens, so I want to pull it up. Uh, but before we, uh, so I want to, so just don't talk. It's going to be in full screen. So I'll play it um, and I'll hit play. Um, we don't talk and we just listen. And then after that, we'll kind of make comments on what they said. So what what we'll do is we'll say is we'll listen to it and we'll say, Oh man, undisputed it's really, really catching catching on or something like that. And then we'll and then we'll get into talking about it. Okay. All right. So let me you're, pull la- it. you're lagging. Yeah, I know. You're frozen. Just unfreeze yourself. Okay. I'm coming back. Turn. I'm coming. All right, there we go. Okay, let's get it full screen, and I'll start it. It's hailing at my house. Yeah, me here. Here, too. All right, count me down. Okay, three, two, one. Oh, sorry. Shoot. (laughs) I didn't switch my microphones. Or my microphone. Uh, Let me go here. All right, count me down again. Three, two, one. Oh, man, it's not playing. <laughs> oh, I muted it. Okay, awesome. All right, let's go. Count me down one more time. <laughs> Three, two, one. Big help at all, Skip. Sammy Watkins can't stay healthy. Sammy Watkins is good for a game or two, and maybe that's the difference. Maybe it's in, uh, he have one of those big games that he normally has one or two of those a season, and then he's getting hurt. Sammy Watkins over the last three years has missed an average of games, Skip. Sammy Watkins has had not had more than 700 receiving yards since 2015. Just 2021. And I know people say, well, Shannon, he's the third receiver with Tyreek and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, that means he's getting single coverage. He's getting the third and the fourth corner. He should cook, and he doesn't. So you're talking about, Scott, when I first led the Broncos to receiving skill, I was the third option. Mark Jackson, Vance Johnson. They got the one, two corners. I got to cook on the third or fourth. Guess what? I led the team and receive it. Mm. Sammy Watkins should have better numbers than what he has going against third and fourth options. Sammy Watkins was the fourth pick in the draft, had outstanding potential. Sammy Watkins was what we see DeAndre Hopkins. That's what we thought Sammy Hopkins was going to be. Go back and watch Sammy, Sammy Hopkins. Sammy and Hopkins. And you tell me what you thought. You thought he would be what DeAndre Hopkins is at this very moment, Skip. And he has not lived up to that. So maybe it's another body that they give somebody, but I don't see Sammy Watkins making tough contested, uh, tough contested catches. I'm glad uh, the Ravens have gone out. It's not for lack of trying, trying to lure to get free agents to come there. I just did a piece with Mike, uh, president of the Baltimore Sun. I think Mike's still white, son. And I was just saying they got to fight perception. 
Skip, when you're the number one rushing team and you're the number and you're the 32nd passing team, how do I convince a free agent receiver this is the place for you? Mm. That was undisputed with uh, Mr. Mr. Skip and Mr. Shannon right there on the podcast on their on their show uh, that they do every single day. Um, oh, sorry, I'm lagging a little bit. Sorry, um, that was that was uh, undisputed with Skip and Shannon. Uh, they talked a little yeah. bit about Sam Washington. What we'll do you give think them, about? We'll give them cre- we'll give them credit in the description there. Yeah, we'll definitely so we will. So we but, don't get copyrighted. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you for that clip. But um, in all, in all honesty, I don't agree with them from a catching standpoint, from a hand standpoint. But I'll get Jacob's perspective. What do you think, Jake? Do you think they're what they said is true? Um, in in ways. Um, I don't I don't exactly. want to like uh, disagree with the um, professionals here. But um, here's here's the thing. Yeah, Sammy Watkins. He's getting less coverage because, of course, they covered Tyreek Hill and Kelsey. But, yeah, but that's not who Mahomes is looking for all the time. He's looking for Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. So, in those ways, I disagree by, like, how he should be breaking out. Because when – when who, who look, here we go. Sammy Watkins, Liam, is 50 yards down the field wide open. But Tyreek Hill is 50 yards down the field wide open. Who are you going to exactly. throw the ball to? Who are you going to throw the ball Hill. to? Yeah, Tyreek Hill. Because he's going he's gonna to get the touchdown. Who – Kelsey's 50 yards down the field, or Sammy Watkins 50 yards down the field. Now, that could be 50-50 because Sammy Watkins is faster, but Kelsey is still fast, too. He's got so good hands. Here, yeah, he's got good hands. So here's the thing. you you Even when Sammy Watkins is open, Tyreek Hill and Kelsey are going to be open, too. So you got to throw it to your most reliable, and that would be Tyreek Hill or Kelsey. So, yeah, in some ways, I kind of disagree because here's the thing. They're looking at... They're top wide receivers, and if all of them are open, they're going to the top one, right? Exactly. Yeah, so no wonder he hasn't been getting so much because Mahomes is looking for Tyreek Hill. He, he doesn't target him. And I think uh, and I think where, to be honest, uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, Skip, the, uh, I, uh, Shannon was, was going wrong there. And I, I, I think, to be honest... Um, Sammy Watkins is getting the, you know, number three cornerback. And he's getting the, you know, single coverage. And what's happening is Sammy Watkins, the reason he isn't getting targeted is like Jacob said. If you have the option between Sammy Watkins and you have the option between Tyree Kill, you're going to throw it to Tyree Kill. You're not going to throw it to Sammy Watkins because of the fact that that Sammy Watkins is a better Tyree Kill is a better wide receiver. He, he can catch the ball 50 yards downfield. He can one hand catch it. Then he can run 50 more yards. I mean, it's not it's not a matter of Tyree Kill not having good hands. It's a matter of him not being you know, the best wide receiver on that team. And I completely disagree. And I, I, I think if he looked at Mr. Shannon looked at it from a perspective of, you know, uh, that there was other better wide receivers on that team, then I think he would be correct. But I think Tyreek Hill has a potential in the hands to do well. You, do you agree, Jake? Yeah, Tyreek Hill's already good. I, I, yeah. I think... If you had an option, I would throw it to Tyreek Hill. Like my, if I had options between Samuel Hawkins and Tyreek Hill, I'm going right to Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill's gonna catch it. We've seen him play. Tyreek Hill's good. 
This I mean, isn't Sammy all, Watkins. This is about this. Sammy Watkins here. Yeah, I meant to ask you how good Sammy Watkins was. I was just getting confused a little bit. Yeah, he, Sam, yeah Sammy Watkins is great. He just he has tons of potential. But here's the thing: nobody's gonna throw to him. He's never gonna right. gain that potential. Right now, I think that Sammy Watkins does need to prove prove himself a little bit more. I think from the catches he made in 2020, I think that he had he showed good potential. You, you you know how he's he's really that kind of guy that catches the ball, but he doesn't stay healthy. So until he can prove that he can stay healthy, I don't think that people are going to see him as that number one wide receiver or that as that good wide receiver. You know? Yeah, Lamar's going to have to target him. No, no wide receiver is going to want to come to Baltimore if the if if he's going to hand the ball off 50 times a game. Right. And and, and they're just they're just glad thing. to get Sammy. They're just glad to get Sammy Watkins in here. They should be really glad because they they can't get anybody anybody in. Not even the worst of the worst. And 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 they managed to get this guy in here. I don't know how and I don't know why he accepted it, but congratulations yeah, I, to Baltimore. I, yeah, I agree, and I don't. I, wide receivers, you know, it's not that they don't want to come to Baltimore because we're a run-first team. Because you saw the production of um, uh, Corey Davis. Well, that is, you saw how, that how good is of a production the, he had and how good reason. he was. But he, and he was they on the, the they know Titans, what Lamar's they were a run-first team. Know, they know what Lamar's going to do. He's going to hand the ball off. And then, and then it's going to be a run. Or maybe sometimes he'll throw it. But if he's not going to throw it deep like Patrick Mahomes every play. Sammy Watkins is going to have to get used to that. And he's not an that. accurate deep throw. Exactly. Yeah, he's right. not and accurate. I don't think it, so I, I don't think that, you know, wide receivers are saying, oh, yes, uh, he's, they're telling their agents, all right, just say we're it's you and me, Jake. We're, 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 uh, well, I, Sammy we're Watkins only had one offer. Or no, I'm the player. Sammy Watkins only had one offer, and that was from the Ravens. So he had to take it, to be so, honest. And it, was, and it was getting close to the end of the free eight, and, and, and all the good wide receivers were picked, and there were no other teams that needed the wide receiver yeah, that yeah. Sammy Watkins could Same go the to. Ravens. So I... I, I think what I think what happened is, to be honest, Sammy Watkins was sitting there on his phone Friday night, and they and he says he says okay, he gets a notification for a tweet. The Colts say we have signed T. Y. Hilton. He said, well, hell, well, he didn't do that. Now I got to go with the Ravens. He said he said well, he, he said oh hell, yeah, now I got to go with the Ravens. So he just says he all right. He calls up the Ravens and says, "I'll take what you got. Give me, give me a deal, and I'll take it." And then hangs up the phone <laughs> because that's all he can do. He's, he doesn't have any other good options. Yeah, because you know, his know agent probably sat but... down with him and says, there, "There's no other options but the Ravens, dude. So what are you gonna do?" Yeah, you got to take. He probably it. sat down and was like, "Well, that's it. I'm. I got to go with the Ravens then." That's all. Exactly. That's all or, or else I'll stay in free agency and I won't play. Right. I. I don't know that. That he had any other option but to sit there and say, well, you know what? I don't want to do this, but call up the Ravens. Yeah, but here's the thing. He here's it. the thing. Yeah, but here's the thing. The Ravens are a winning team. So does Sammy Watkins not like to win? Because the Ravens are definitely a Super Bowl team in the future. So why is he not want to go to the Ravens? He would win some Super Bowls probably because the I, Ravens are a Super Bowl team in the future. They're in I the agree. mix. They're and a playoff team. They're in the mix. Definitely. And, poss- and possibly a teams. Super Bowl team. And possibly Super Bowl exactly. team if they build, if they build if they keep building up. So yeah, I I agree. I don't know that there's any other. And I, I in my opinion, I think that they they could be a Super Bowl team if they work on their 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 passing. And Tyree kills a good step in that direction. And even if Tyree kills sits on the bench this season, 
excuse me, we can work on we we can work on building him up and keeping him out of the injury protocol. So if we can work on that, and I think that he's set. Oh my gracious! Uh, if we can work on Sammy Watkins and keeping him, you said if Tyree Kill sits on the bench, if Sammy Watkins sits on the bench for it for a year for an and doesn't play, you know, I don't think we will have gotten our five million dollars worth. If he plays some and we get to see what he can do, then I think we've got our five million dollars worth because we—that's what we're doing. We're on a trial basis to see if Sammy Watkins is going to be a good player and will fit with the Ravens. And I think he will, and, and and especially in the future. And if he plays only a few games this season and, you know, in the future um, plays more because we work on his injuries, I think he's a he's well worth that $5 million. What do you think, Jake? Yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely think he's worth $5 million. Uh, I, think, I think the Ravens need him. So, um, yeah, we've been talking about the seven for a long time. So let's – Let's kind of curve towards uh, the end of the podcast here. Um, yeah, let's let's finally before we head we head. Oh, the off fourth quarter to... topics. That's the this is the la- last. Oh, segment. hold on, we got draft. We got to talk about. Oh, one more. Count- okay, we're down- do like a, let's do like a two or three minute. We're draft. counting down the we- we're counting down the weeks to the NFL draft. Welcome to the Ravens flock mock segment with Liam and Jake here, right here on the on the Russell Ravens fans podcast. Cue the intro. All right, everybody. Let's talk about a few prospects. In the 2021 draft. Now, I was watching film today and watching a few of these guys, and I'll let Jacob have Creed Humphrey. Um, now, there are other good candidates, but I want to talk about Creed Humphrey and Terrence Marshall. Now, Terrence Marshall is a guy that, in all my mock drafts, he has been picked by Jacksonville in the 26th. But the NFL, pick. the NFL, they have. They have the Ravens. The new updated one, if you go on the NFL YouTube page, they have the Ravens getting Ter- Terrence Marshall. You, okay. Don't the Jacksonville Jaguars have like this like the one pick above us? They do. It's the 26th pick. We have the 27th wow. pick. Wow. Wow, that's sad. If they if they draft him at the 26th pick, I am going to throw a trash can out the window. That's how mad I am. I out agree. Because if they pick pick him, one pick for us, and even the NFL draft has us picking a wide picking picking a, a um, wide receiver, a wide receiver, and it said in the, in the updated, it said Terrence Marshall in the updated one, the one that was like two days ago, and on YouTube it says the they said the Ravens are gonna pick Terrence Marshall. That's their prediction. So I I I don't see any problem with the Ravens picking Terrence Marshall, but we kind of have to weigh our our. Um, options here because if creed humphrey's still available like me and jacob have seen in all our our uh mock drafts, yeah, what do we do terrence marshall what or do creed we humphrey? do that's yeah do we creed do humphrey's probably, creed humphrey's gonna be probably gone in that first round or that's or exactly. like early second early second round i don't know how early our second round pick is though um i don't uh, um i think it's pick 55 right I, I think yeah 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 you're right it is it is pick fifty five let me pull up let me see if I can find it um it's like one of the last picks I think yeah you're right okay. it is pick fifty five so we have one of the last picks and I've done many mock drafts and I think when we go with a um when we go with uh whoever we go with in that twenty seventh pick 
the other guy is going to be gone by our next pick. So we either have to trade for a pick, we have to trade picks if we want to get both guys. I don't know. I might go with the, out. I might go with the center to be honest now because like the Ravens have been da- bad with development, but we never drafted a wide receiver from LSU, so we don't know because we know that LSU has good development for wide receivers, so maybe it's already developed enough and we don't even have to develop them. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. We've never we've never tried this out. We've never experimented. We've never we never tried to draft somebody. For, we the, our first LSU pick was Patrick Queen, and we haven't drafted a wide receiver from LSU. Right. So we could take we could take a chance, or we could just go with the center and call call it a deal. But yeah, yeah, I don't know because. It's kind of an option once we start to get to the wide receivers because we don't know how they're going to play. Terrence Marshall played well. Or, or, what's his name? Uh, uh, Marquise Brown played really good in college. He came to the Ravens. He sucked. If that same thing well, happens with Terrence I Marshall, say, I wouldn't screwed. say that. But I would say he didn't. expectations were higher. Right, Probably. because Terrence Marshall, I was watching film on him today. You know, he's got great hands. He can catch the deep balls. He can catch in single and double coverage. I was watching He's film great in the red zone. From Same the, thing from, as you. from short. Doesn't give away his route too early. So in when he's seven running the route, he doesn't give away his in, route. In like seven, like 700-something yards. Dude, that's 100 yards a game, and he had 10 touchdowns. Yeah. That's, a, that's a touchdown a game and even more. That, that's that's he's excellent. He's very fast. He's very fast. He's got smooth. What about injuries? Smooth what about injuries? And he's he get, got yak. Does he, does he get in, injured a lot? I don't know that he had any injury, injuries. I just don't. I think he opted out or something, didn't play, but he wasn't injured. Okay. Um, um and I, I think I, he'd be great to come to Baltimore. Yeah, but that's probably gonna end it for our draft segment because we need one to- more. Well, I want to get to Creed Humphrey because he's our center. Okay. I wanna I wanna read my stats on him. He's big. He's six two, three hundred and twenty pounds. His stats he is can really big. block. He can really block. He can, we need a blocker really with block. with because. We, we, he can really block. He's big. He can really block. He uses his hands well on the block. He can run block to allow for holes. He can also pass block to give the quarterback time. So we can do both. The Sooners' offensive line coach sat down for an interview. He says Creed Humphrey will be on, will be an all-pro player for 10 years. No doubt in his mind, he says. No doubt in my mind is what he says. I agree. You know, I see, I see Creed Humphrey as a big guy that has really, really good hands and has smooth snaps and is one of the best because here's in the, thing. If the we're, class. Says if, CBS if this, Sports. If Terrence, if 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 Marshall gets picked at that twenty six, then we should we're definitely going with go Creed for Humphrey, Creed. no doubt. Yeah, yeah. If, if if he does, if Terrence Marshall gets picked, I don't want no other crappy wide receiver getting drafted. We, yeah, I ain't if, gonna. If, if, if Terrence Marshall and Rashad Bateman's off the board, which he which he will be, um, boom, we're going for Creed, Creed Humphrey. No, boom, no, right any nope. no, no, no guy that we've never heard of, like Deion Kane. Um, no guy that we've never heard of. Um, these, these guys that we just Josh Oliver. No, none of these guys. Um, yeah, we want no. we want Creed Humphrey or Terrence Marshall. Yeah, and you know, obviously, and one of them's going to be available at that twenty seventh pick. Obviously, this guy can play any position in the interior offensive line. But the Ravens need a center. So he can play center. If the Ravens need another interior offensive lineman, he can play those other positions. But right now, I see I see him playing center for the Ravens for a good couple of years. 
And I think that he'll do it well. If, if, if we pick him, I see him playing for a long time for the Ravens and him staying in Baltimore. I, I think that it's a no brainer. I, I, I don't, I don't we think that. To, Lane, we need to wrap. This is 51 minute podcast so far. So we, we, we're going to need to wrap this up. Let's get to our final segment here about the fourth quarter information that we promised you yesterday. Um, what are, what are some of these segments here that you wanted to release? Oh, what did we, what did we, um, what are you talking about? Oh, the fourth we quarter. Said, yeah, we said we were going to give some segments away on Thursday. We said we were okay. going to announce some stuff on Thursday. So, we've got a few segments and introducing some new sports and introducing the new well, podcast, fourth quarter. the fourth quarter. This, this and is we're going to give you guys minutes. the in-depth analysis of what's going to be going on for the fourth quarter podcast. I'll let Jacob explain. Uh, and, and really, Jake, what... It kind of explained what the fourth quarter podcast is going to be about. The fourth quarter podcast is going to mainly be about Blake and Peter talking about the Browns and the Cowboys. Now, they like to go back and forth with the Cowboys and Browns, and that's one of the main points of this podcast. You like the Cowboys and you like the Browns, and you're definitely going to want to tune in for this podcast because they're going to be talking about this, and they're going to be a little bit of arguing some um, mixing mixing and mashing over there um, with, with these Cowboys and um and Browns during the during the season and during preseason during offseason all around. If you guys like this, then we're gonna keep doing it. If you like this, we're gonna do a lot of it every single Friday. So the fourth quarter is gonna be talking about the Browns and the Cowboys mainly. No Ravens over there. So if you don't, if you love the Ravens and you only want to see the Ravens, they stay right come, here. Stay right here and don't go over there. But if you want to go over there, Cowboys, Browns, and random talk about the Cowboys and Browns. Definitely go over there. Go over there right now on the show. It's not there yet. There's the Twitter page. Um, not there yet. There's Twitter, but the podcast. Four T-H-Q-T-R-R-R-F on Twitter. The podcast is coming next Friday. Hopefully, that's our predict- prediction. Not today, not tomorrow, but next Friday. There's exactly. going to be some Brown segments over there, Cowboy segments, and there's going to be a lot of arguments about these two teams. And that's what the whole thing's going to be about. The Browns and the Cowboys mix and mash. It's like war. It's like war all over again, but with the Browns and the Cowboys. Exactly. That's it. That's it. That's going to be a fun one. That's going to be a fun one. Introducing our new segments. We're going to be doing Browns. Yeah, that's that's our new show. Introducing our new sports. Lava versus water. NCAA. In NCAA basketball, so college oh, yeah, basketball. Talk, there'll be some basketball over there sometimes. Not a lot, but sometimes. Yeah. And definitely on this podcast, we'll be talking about it. We'll be talking about MLB, so baseball. We'll be talking about a lot of baseball. Baseball, football, sometimes hockey. And hockey, sometimes definitely. Bat- no soccer, though. No soccer. Okay. No soccer. We don't do soccer over here, guys. So if you're a soccer fan. Boo, this, soccer if you're a soccer, If you're a soccer fan, dislike the video. Yeah. No, Wait, if you're a soccer fan, like the video. Okay, if you're a soccer yeah. fan, like the video. Well, and then no, leave. And then never, leave. Fan. Yeah, and then, and then leave. And never do come whatever back. you want to do, soccer fan. Yeah. Just get out of here. Leave. Yeah, leave. Never come back here. I never hate you, soccer fans. Never mind. I'm just kidding. Well, uh, thank you guys for coming today. It's, it's been a fun show. We've been talking about a lot this of things. This might be one of our, I've actually, one of our longest podcasts. Right. And I've got, I've got my bag of microphones here. So me and Jacob have been doing a lot. I've got my bag of microphones here. We've been doing, I, I've been, you know, working, trying to get it's all a radio organized. voice, radio voice. I'm sorry. 
And, and the radio voice, really, guys, and I forgot to talk, talk to Jacob about this, is really, it's not talking like this, like you see YouTubers do. It's talking radio like this. Voice. It's talking slow so you guys can hear slow. what I'm saying. Trying not to hit the... Sorry, all viewers. Yeah, so, and it's not Sorry. putting your face up to the microphone. It's talking a couple inches away and talking slow. So saying, yep. welcome everybody to the Restless Ravens. Not too slow, but slow enough so you can hear what I'm saying. So welcome, welcome everybody, everybody to the Restless Ravens fans podcast. So that's how that's how you do a, a radio voice. Radio I haven't been really voice. messing around with it, but we, we might do it in the future for a whole podcast to annoy the crap out of you guys. So it's going to be fun. Thank you guys for checking us out. We're going to be um, trying to make a little editing in there and finish that out. And then I'm going to go feed and then come back, eat some beef stew and go to my bed. Hand, my I'm hands tired. are like a fan. Like a, My hands are like a fan. Have a nice day, everybody. Bye. It's snowing on and off outside. Going to be a it's, cold. It room. was hailing. It was hailing. 43. Yeah, hailing, it was crazy. raining, and snap snow. This is crazy. It's been a crazy weather day, and it's not going to warm up much. So please either stay inside or wear a heavy coat because it's going to be a cold one. Have a nice day, everybody. Do this Our if you like the videos. Like Her hands are like a fan. Bye, guys. Exactly. Have